Well, good morning. It's the Toddlands with you today. Amber, Jazz, Melissa and Clover. And today we're looking at Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 31 to 34, which Amber's going to read for us now. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbour and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. That's a wonderful passage and loads could be said about it. But I just want to look at three blessings, three blessings of that new covenant that come to us through Jesus and that God promised here. And the first of those in verse 32 is reconciliation. God says that the covenant would not be like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke. Now the problem wasn't that the covenant was bad, but that people are. The laws God gave his people were good and just, but they just couldn't keep them. Even right at the start, if you remember the story of the golden calf. But God says, even though my people broke their vows, even though they committed adultery, I'm not done with them. I will do something new to change that. God promises to be reconciled to his people. The second great promise in verse 33 is regeneration, where God says, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, do you see, the new covenant doesn't bin off the idea of law. God doesn't say it's all by grace and I'm not going to care what people do now. He says he will write the law on the hearts of his people, meaning not only will they want to, but they will be able to obey him from the heart, not just go through the motions, not just do religious externals, but really be changed from the inside out to walk in his ways. New power is promised. The great American theologian Jonathan Edwards wrote this. I think the difference here pointed out between these two covenants lies plainly here. That in the old covenant, God promised to be their God upon condition of hearty obedience. Obedience was stipulated as a condition, but not promised. But in the new covenant, this hearty obedience is promised. I really like that expression of his hearty obedience, not drudgery, but from the heart desiring and being empowered to follow God. It's all promised here. And we understand from the New Testament that means to become like Christ, fully obedient in every way, because we know that God's every way is perfect and good and the road to blessing. The book of Hebrews tells us this promise is fulfilled in the coming of the Spirit who enables us to actually become bit by bit, day by day, like Jesus. We are truly no longer slaves to sin. And the third great blessing is in relationship in verse 34. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbour and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity. And I will remember their sin no more. 
Now, this verse could be a bit confusing. It does sound like God is promising to go a bit postmodern. You won't need teachers. Everybody's opinion will be equal. You think that's what that verse in the Bible means? No one can tell you otherwise because you know me as much as anyone. You could just say, God told me and no one can argue. Now, that's not what God's saying here. We're all subject to God's word. We can't just make up things we think he's said. And we all, me and Paul included, need teachers. That's what the New Testament says. It's part of God's plan for his church. But rather, think about the context of the covenants. God is contrasting the new covenant with Sinai. At Sinai, Israel had a great teacher who had special access to God in Moses. He spoke with God face to face, but the average Israelite didn't. After the Ten Commandments were given and the covenant confirmed, Moses, Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, along with seven of the elders, went to feast before the Lord in his presence. But the average Israelite didn't. God is promising that in the new covenant there won't be those distinctions. No one will have special access that's better than someone else's because we'll all have special access through Jesus. No one will need a mediator, another person or a priest to communicate with God for them because the perfect mediator, the great high priest, has come and is known by all. And God is promising that we can all truly know him. Three huge blessings of the new covenant. Reconciliation regeneration and relationship. And you see from that final line, the fount from which all these blessings flow. It's forgiveness. Having the things that have separated us from God fully and finally dealt with. God's absolute promise of forgiveness. Do you see those wonderful words? I will remember their sin no more. And God says that to you today in Christ. This is the only time when the Old Testament uses that expression, the new covenant. Other passages speak clearly about it, but this is the only time that phrase is used. And those words, the new covenant, probably take many of our minds to the Last Supper. See, our separation from God is over. We are reconciled, regenerated and in relationship with him. I wonder which of those three immense blessings you need reminding of today. Thank God for them all and enjoy them to the glory of Christ this Easter. Amen. Now Melissa and then Jasmine are going to lead us in prayer. Let's just read Hebrews 10, 15 to 17. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of the new covenant and that you have reconciled us to yourself through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you that throughout history you didn't give up on your people, that even though we turn away from you time and time again, you pursue us with your forgiveness and your mercy, with such incredible patience and love. Thank you that you have changed our hearts and are transforming us from the inside out. Thank you for writing your law on our hearts, that we might be called your children and you are God. What a privilege that is. Teach us, Lord, and help us to obey your law, not because we, want, we have to, but because we want to do your good and perfect will. Thank you that you equip us with the power of your Holy Spirit to be able to obey your law, and that you are changing us to become more like Jesus each day. 
I thank you, Lord, so much for all these blessings. Amen. Amen. Luke 22, verses 19 to 20. And after he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for Jesus' death on the cross. Thank you for the new covenant made by his blood. Thank you that because of it, you remember our sins no more, that we are forgiven. Though we all face individual struggles and challenges each day, our biggest problem is our sin, and you have already dealt with it once and for all on the cross. Please help us to live in the light of this today, remembering the immense sacrifice you made to save us, not downplaying either our sin or the anguish of the cross. Amen. Amen. We look forward to seeing you all soon. Uh, take good care and enjoy Easter. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.